0: Welcome back, folks, to Make Mine Multiversity. I'm your host, Kevin Gregory. Uh, with me uh, for this first part of the episode is Nick Palmieri. And Nick, how are you doing?
1: Uh, good. A little sick. So if I sound a little sick or if I'm muted while you're talking, um, that is why.
0: <laughs> cool. Cool. We're all. We're both apologizing in advance. Um, we've, anyway, uh, so... Yeah, make my multiversity. Where Marvel podcast dedicated to all things uh, Marvel. In case you haven't heard, uh, there's this sort of like small, not really like big, you know, thing that Marvel did recently. In um, you know, there's this movie that came out called Avengers: Infinity War. Um, it might be the movie to make it to a billion dollars the fastest. That might be weird or cool. Depending how you want to measure.
1: I'd prefer that over Avatar.
0: That's that's true. James Cameron can kiss my ass. Um, uh, yeah. So we're here to talk uh, a little bit about um, about that. And uh, the second part of the episode, we'll uh, talk about Avengers number one from Jason Aaron and McGinnis, the beginning of Marvel's fresh start. Uh, and Jess will be, joining us for the second part of the episode, Jess hasn't seen Avengers infinity war yet. So we didn't feel like we needed to spoil it for her here because Thanos demands your silence, but the internet already spoiled it for her anyway. Um,
1: also in our group chat, we were talking about it and she was there and we didn't realize she hadn't seen it Yeah, by the
0: internet. (laughs) I mean us. So, um, but the internet had done its job already. That's true. Lo siento memes and all that. Um, Cool. If you're coming to us from uh, from Apple Podcasts, please subscribe, give us a review. Uh, if you're coming to us from another uh, podcast place, we keep listening, subscribe, do whatever the things are. If you're coming to us from MultiversityComics.com, uh, check out some of the other cool podcasts on the site and some of the other great content that is on there. Um, cool. So... We kind of originally planned to put out an Avengers Infinity War episode um, earlier last week, and there have been a lot of people that have said a lot of things about this movie. Uh, We had three podcasts already on multiversitycomics.com that ran episodes dedicated to the movie. So we decided to do... We're going to be doing something a little bit differently. But first, uh, so Nick and I have both seen it and have been on the Internet since seen it spoiled for other people. Um, But Nick, what were some of your, I guess just sort of initial thoughts about the movie before we kind of get into the what we're going to be doing.
1: So a quick note about uh, spoiling, because I feel like that's going to come up. Um, I had seen the memes about people fading away, and I thought it was just random, just a meme. And I didn't realize until I was in the theater that that was what the meme was referring to. So uh, that didn't get spoiled. However, uh, just you know, knowing what happened in Infinity Gauntlet, the comic, I figured that the ending was going to work out that way. Um, so, yeah, I guess it wasn't a super surprise. Again, we'll talk about more of it that in a few. Um, but overall, I thought the movie was good. I, I thought it was okay. I enjoyed sitting in the theater watching it. I thought it was cool to see certain characters team up. But overall, I wasn't super happy about it and uh yeah we'll get more into detail about that in a second what about you Kevin
0: um yeah I I saw it on Friday before anybody could spoil it for me um at 9 30 a.m uh which is the only time that I've been to a movie at that time uh and I kind of told myself that I wasn't going to do that that I wasn't going to go see it right at the beginning but I had time and I knew that the internet would ruin it for me anyway so I went ahead and did that I, um, I got so I got really emotional at the beginning of the movie, and I might have teared up a little bit in the theater because I'm on brand. Um, Just like seeing the culmination of of a decade and a decade of movies, eighteen different movies, a bunch of different TV shows. Um, Like I can remember going and seeing Iron Man in in the summer of 2008. I think I was in uh, like junior high so to be able to to have followed these characters all all this all this journey i think that was that was really cool to see to like to see all the team ups to see the interactions i thought that was cool the rest of the movie kind of dragged um and like towards the end i guess if you had seen infinity gauntlet um or if you had read infinity gauntlet that was one of the first marvel things that i read i saw the ending coming from from like a mile away from the beginning from the moment that thanos mentioned if you just snap your fingers i was like we're all fucked um uh oh also in case i didn't i didn't say this at the beginning we're gonna spoil the shit out of this thing so if you haven't seen this movie anyone listening to this podcast um and the internet hasn't gotten you yet like you're in like amish country or something i don't know why you'd be listening to a podcast in amish country um like don't let us fool it for you don't get mad at us on that account please pause the podcast go see it come back finish listening um if you have seen it we'd love to hear your thoughts later um, on our, on Multiversity or on comments on this podcast and other places. Um, but yeah, I think, I think overall I felt like it was a much, it was a heavier, still stereotypical Marvel movie. I don't know. If-
1: yeah. And heavier is, I think a good word for it. It's, like, if you look at the more recent Marvel movies, a lot of them uh, have been a lot more upbeat comedic. And this is sort of a, I guess you could say, return to form of what they used to do more of. Um, yeah. And <clears throat> because of that, I mean, I felt like you had the plot lines, you had like the three main things and... You know, it was just Thanos needs to get the six Infinity Stones, and then he does, and then everyone dies. Half of everyone. And that's, like, that's the movie. So uh, there wasn't much room, I thought, for me to get really invested in the characters. But, you know, you had the, again, the characters teaming up, and that's, that's its own kind of fun.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I think I think on that note, there have been a lot of, not a lot, there have been some reviews that I have seen looking at you, the New Yorker, um, who basically just said like, there was so much going on. I couldn't be invested in any of these characters. And I think the, I think that that's valid if you're just seeing this movie as this movie, but if you're seeing this movie as the culmination of a decade's worth of work, then you're already invested in those characters. You already know all the characters you already, you love or hate some of them. Um, and yeah, so I'm like on that sense, I was, I was invested. I think in the care, like in the characters, only because I had all the baggage from like the 17 previous movies in some way. Um,
1: yeah, if you're just coming into it fresh, definitely, <laughs> I don't think it's a good experience. Um, it was barely a good experience for me, even you know having seen everything leading up to it. Um, and like I told my friend, who uh, he hasn't been huge on the latest like Marvel movies or on any of them really. And uh, yeah, after I saw it, I told him, I was like, yeah, you're don't bother. Like, it's just, it's not made for you. And there's, there's something to be said for that, which uh, yeah, it's like, you keep saying it's the culmination of a lot of things. And like, I keep saying there is its own kind of joy in that.
0: Yeah. 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 I think. Hmm. I think what was interesting, so I, I have been sort of down, I guess in the last few um, Marvel movies, I mean, like I liked black Panther mostly because um, mostly because of, of like Wakanda, not necessarily because like the plot was great. Um, Cause again, it was a, a stereotypical Marvel movie plot where it was hero hero or heroes have, there's some shit that happens. Villain pops up, some more shit happens. Third act fight scene post credit scenes. Um and that's kind of what Infinity War was because the last like 45 minutes were just one big fight scene. Um Yeah, so to catch up, um I hadn't seen a few of the recent
1: movies, so I watched Spider-Man Homecoming, which I loved. It's by far my favorite of any of the Marvel movies. That one was really good. Um to, Yeah. Yeah, that was great. <laughs> um Sp- uh, Doctor Strange, which Not I great. didn't like. Got so bored like 20 minutes in and I just kept on sitting there hoping it would get better didn't um and then I also watched Guardians 2 which in the first like two minutes I was like "Ooh, this is uh this is like self not self-congratulatory but like it's doing all the things that it wanted to do you know and it was just being sort of boastful about it. And I was like, yeah, this is fun. And then after the first two minutes, I was like, this isn't fun. I'm, I hate this. And um, I turned it off with like 40 minutes left. Uh,
0: (laughs) You can't do that when you go to the theater. You, well, I guess you can leave, but yeah.
1: Yeah. No, I would never leave in the theater. (laughs) (laughs) But um, yeah. And then, yeah, same like Thor Ragnarok. I didn't love Black Panther. We talked about, I actually, I liked it a lot, but Mm I also can't like look past its shortcomings too. But Mm -hmm. yeah, I I think this is sort of in line with, they took in elements of the more recent ones, the more recent movies. um, But it it definitely was more of the type of movie that they used to make.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, like I I definitely think there are things about this movie that are redeemable. Um, And I, I like you, like I didn't, Pretty much everything past Avengers Age of Ultron has sort of been a and Ultron was not great. Um, Did you like Ant-Man? I liked Ant-Man. Ant-Man's the exception, I guess. Civil War was kind of a mess. Doctor Strange is basically Iron Man Redux. Um, And there are like videos on YouTube where like they're spliced scenes together and like the, the dialogue is the same. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, like it's that bad. Uh, Spider-Man: Homecoming was really good. I thought it was fun, mostly just because I think Tom Holland is adorable. Um, he's so good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like ben, he's Bendis' Spider-Man. Like he's old. He's Ultimate Spider-Man, Peter Parker. And I love it. <laughs> oh, so we can talk about that.
1: Do you want to get into what we were going to do first?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, let's let's do that anyway. So let me finish this off I guess so Ragnarok wasn't my wasn't my favorite movie uh, I didn't really like it very much I don't I'm sure that's an unpopular opinion um, but but I liked the way I liked I think Thor and like Thor and Rockets thing in this movie were my favorite thing and like the scene where Thor is like rocket is like I gotta go be counselor and Thor is like trying to put on the like face from Ragnarok and then like he cries when he's like <laughs> that I've got nothing left. Um, that was, I think when I felt it the most, um, but yeah, let's go ahead. We'll go ahead and get into the, the fun little, fun little activity that we're going to do. Um, cool. So one of my takes, um, from this movie, uh, that I sort of, when we spoiled the movie for Jess, this is the beginning of what Nick and I started talking about. Jess, I am so sorry. Um, is that I think that one of the things that was both amazing and also made me realize oh this is what this is is that within the first I guess like 15 to 20 minutes of seeing Avengers Infinity War I realized that this is the closest that we have ever gotten to seeing an event comic on the big screen um and what I mean by that is that I think that Avengers Infinity War like it's like a comic book event um but with having a comic book event, you have all of the tie-ins and everything else. Like, the movie the movie is overstuffed. There's sort of, like, there's three main narratives, but there's kind of, like, the, the main narrative of, like, Thanos doing Thanos thanks, and then Thanos wins at the end. Um, and there's, like, all this extra shit that happens with these other characters that if this were a, like, comic book event, like, if this was Infinity War, the event, the, like, six-issue event or whatever, they would be relegated to the tie-ins. And so Nick and I thought it would be kind of fun to figure out what were the plots that would have been in the main event. And then what would the things that would have been like tie in mini series or like tie in one shots or like tie in things as part of like the main series. And so we're going to play that game a little bit. Um, cool. 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 So. So, like Nick said, there are kind of three main plot lines after the beginning, um, and the beginning of of the of the movie begins with Thanos um, attacking the like the refugee ship of all the Asgardians from the end of Thor Ragnarok. Um, Nick, would that be main series or tie in?
1: Um, that's actually a good point. Main series might have started. Like Or would this, have been Thanos, zero,
0: would this have been zero issue?
1: Yeah, I'm thinking main series would have started after Thanos had already gotten a few of the Infinity Stones. And like in I feel like in a comic, it would have been he was collecting them from the other series. So in this case, it would have been at the end of the other movies, he would get the Infinity Stones.
0: Okay, okay, okay.
1: And then, um, yeah, Thanos' stuff after that which I guess once he had all of them would be the main movie, which I guess is going to be the next Avengers movie.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So like, this is like the infinity countdown <laughs> of Avengers movies. <laughs> <laughs> but without the Aaron Cooter art. But without the Aaron Cooter art. <laughs> uh, what a shame. Um, that's interesting. That's interesting. I guess that I sort of thought, I guess when I was thinking about this in my head, that like the uh, Thanos attacking the the Asgardian ship, kicking Hulk, kicking Hulk out, killing Heimdall and Loki. Um, like I would, I thought that would have been like the zero issue or like the free comic book day issue thing. Um, and then like the series would have started with like the number one in New York with Stark and Stark mm-hmm. and Strange and Hulk and all that.
1: Yeah,
0: um, which seems oh, awkwardly. What? Go ahead.
1: Yeah, sorry. Quick note. Where's Ant Man? I guess where's we're gonna find
0: out in Ant
1: Man the Wasp.
0: I there's no way that that movie takes place after Infinity War.
1: I don't know. We can talk <laughs> about that later. Let, okay, yeah. Let's finish the the thing that we're doing right now, and then we can okay. talk about
0: like ending, and how that relates. Okay. Okay. Cause yeah, I have thoughts and you have thoughts on the ending that we talked about. Okay. So, um, so yeah, like I think that, you know, like if, if this was comics, like the Thor Ragnarok would have taken place in like a Thor title and like the end of the Thor title would have been, or like the beginning of their tie in issues would have been th- the ship running into Thanos's ship. Cause that's what happens at the end of Ragnarok and the like post credit scene. Um, cuz yeah like but then the, the other thought with that is that Thanos doesn't really show back up until like w- way into the movie then right cuz he doesn't sh- he like attacks the ship and then he goes to get the other stones
1: well yeah he i mean the entire <clears throat> excuse me the entire movie is him uh sort of bouncing around the galaxy and getting the stones but i mm-hmm. can't yeah, I feel like every like twenty minutes he'd get one.
0: Yeah, yeah. Because which one? Because he gets he has two of them, or he gets the he gets the 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 tesseract. He gets the space stone from Loki on the ship, right?
1: Yeah, at the very beginning.
0: At the very beginning, and then he goes to nowhere, right, and kills mm-hmm. the collector.
1: Yes. Yeah, I think. <laughs> and this I is. Don't. With the, um, with the stones, they're not really, they don't really mean anything. Mm -hmm. I feel, um, like they're more just MacGuffins that the character like, oh, I need to get this thing. And then he gets it. And that's like, it's a thing that pushes him from place to place. And I feel like without anything more than that, it was sort of hollow and there wasn't really anything beyond that about the stones. Like every now and then you'd figure out like, oh, this one does this thing or he'd use it in a battle for like three seconds. But otherwise, yeah, it was just a way to get him from place to place to interact with characters.
0: Yeah. And I never even had those moments of like thinking, oh, he has this stone so he can do this thing now. Like it all just kind of seemed like like flu magicy bullshit stuff. The only the only thing I think like in the movie that like I was like, oh, he had to have that stone to do that thing. Was when um, like like Scarlet Witch killed Vision and like blew up his stone, and then Thanos turns time back to get, or like uses mm-hmm. the time stone that he got from Doctor Strange to like turn time back to then take the Mind Stone.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah. What was really important was just that he eventually got all six.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I feel like him getting all the stones; those would have been like those would have been the tie-in issues. Okay. I don't know if that's true or not.
1: Either what I honestly, I could see it either way. I couldn't see it in the actual event. I feel like the event would start when he has them already, which is what actually happened in Infinity Gauntlet.
0: That's true. That's true. Yeah, I don't know. Like I, I could see the like him going to Vormir with Gamora being like a one shot. Um, I could feel that. I could see the Titan stuff um, being like a main series kind of thing. I don't, we're getting ahead of ourselves. Okay. 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 So back up, so back up, so back up. All right. So, so then, so we go from Thanos attacking the Asgardians to being in New York and then like Stark and or Iron Man and Dr. Strange and Hulk or Bruce Banner. Cause he can't Hulk out anymore. Cause, um, He's got performance anxiety, um, or, or uh, I can't remember the. He's just a big green asshole. <laughs> what's the what's the like? Because old men need Viagra because they can't get it up anymore, and I can't remember what the.
1: Oh, I'm afraid I haven't memorized the Viagra commercial yet.
0: God damn it! All right, never mind. <laughs> um, there's a ah fuck it. Okay, anyway, so or not because viagra uh um okay so they they end up in new york and then like some of thanos's like henchmen people peoples um show up and start fighting um and then strange and spidey and iron man all end up on the like weird donut ship main series or tie-in tie-in i think tie-in so what what is for, like the main to, what is the main narrative then and, okay, sorry the main ahead.
1: narrative I think would be the them being on earth or the the characters who were on earth and the Wakanda stuff because um maybe there okay. would be a one shot about them getting to Wakanda, but then the actual stuff that happens uh there in the jungle because that's all really, really important to the end of the story. Uh, I feel like that would definitely happen in the main series, and then they would uh lead into it with. Like bits and pieces here and there in the main series.
0: Okay, okay, so you think then, that, like, okay, sorry, go ahead.
1: And then maybe there would be the same thing with the stuff on Titan. And definitely, I think all of the Guardian stuff would be main series.
0: All of the Guardian stuff would be main series?
1: Yeah, all of it. Oh, man. Interesting.
0: <laughs> okay. Is that,
1: yeah, what? Well, because uh, the whole thing about uh, Thor. I feel like you always need at least one character who has a lot of major moments in an event comic. And I feel like Thor could be that character with the Guardians who uh, aren't, I feel like they don't have as big of a place in the overall universe. And I feel like this would be the event where they got that place. And they also tie very directly into Thanos because of the whole Gamora situation.
0: Interesting, interesting. Yeah, I was thinking about this way differently. Then, um, go ahead. Sorry, you were going to say something.
1: No, and the the um, I, I might have said it already. The Titan stuff. I think there would have been a one shot that led into how they got up there, but then uh, the main mini would have them actually up on Titan.
0: Okay. Okay. So then, so then you're saying that like the New York stuff would be more the like the zero issue of yeah. the prelude to the event or the prelude to the prelude. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. We're... And
1: then the event would start with the guardians uh, flying through space and then finding Thor.
0: Interesting. Okay. 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 Yeah. I guess that I sort of thought that most of the guardian stuff was kind of extraneous. Um, like I, hmm. I sort of, I sort of figured that like the Thor, Thor and Rocket and Groot, like them going to uh, to Peter glitch to get to get a better hammer, them going mm-hmm. to Tyrion Lannister to get a better hammer. Um, what I I thought that would be like a like a one shot kind of like like kind of like how how uh, like like Secret Empire had all those like sort of like side one shots in between issues.
1: Yeah. Um, That could definitely work as its own side quest. Uh, But I also feel like just the guardians are, like I said, so important to the Thanos story. And then uh, Thor himself, again, like I said, could be that, that one big character who gets his big moment within the event.
0: Yeah, I I figured, I but I figured his like big moment was like like being Billy Badass in Wakanda, not
1: mm-hmm.
0: getting the hammer. I get, like I thought the hammer stuff would be one shot. I guess I so the way that I was thinking about it was like that the event, the main event, would be split between the like the Titan stuff and the Wakanda stuff, and it would be following like Steve and like Tony since um, like they're still sort of like the two biggest uh, characters in that universe and they still haven't reconciled since civil war. Um, uh, cause they never get dialogue together in the whole movie. Um, yeah, I guess my, <clears throat> excuse me, when
1: I, I think of events, I guess my go-to is blackest night. Cause that was the first big event that I followed in comics uh, as it came out. And brand, brand. I think of the, um, like bringing in, uh, smaller characters and giving them bigger, uh, thing in the spotlight and then just a lot of big moments. And then sort of things that led up to that are relegated to like, especially if they're for bigger characters are relegated to their own series, except for in the case of like one or two major players. So that's, I guess my
0: template for a big event. Interesting. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. I think it's interesting. So this is the thing that I've, that I I guess think about with comic book events and this is sort of, now we're more dissecting comic book events than we are this actual movie. Um, Cause like blackest night still focuses on like Barry and Hal for the most, most of the story. Right. Like it's still like following. Yeah. It's about
1: Barry and Hal, And then uh, all of the subplots that tie into it are about uh, the people who get the rings later on. So like Mira was big um, uh, Hawkman and the atom uh, were big. Yeah, so it, it focused on a lot of B-list characters,
0: right? Right, but like the main, like the main series, like the main event comic was like Barry and Hal, and like no, it, those. Yeah, it was, was it, little, um, pretty much equally. Okay. 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 I need to go back and read Black Knight then. <laughs> um, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, because I guess, um, I mean, is
1: what are some Marvel events that you've read? I guess the only one that I've really read, I think, is Civil War. The first one. Yeah, the original Civil War.
0: Oh, okay. Um yeah, like I mean I've I've read I read House of M, I've read Civil War, I've read Secret Invasion, I've read Siege, um, I've read uh, like like Secret Wars and all the stuff leading up to that mm-hmm. and Civil so, War two and, so and how Secret are, Empire and all that.
1: How are all of those uh, structured in terms of what characters they utilize?
0: Yeah, so I feel like most of Marvel's like this is the interesting interesting. Like I guess that I was thinking about Infinity War almost like how um, like how when how Valiant announced what Harbinger Wars 2 was going to be and then it's not really that anymore where it was going to be two different artists, two different art, artists and artist and writer teams telling stories with two different characters but they would both be the name... Mer- name blah, wow. main narrative um, and because Marvel's events, you know, it's like take something like Civil War, like the main event comic follows Tony and Reed and and Hank Pym and Peter, um, doing the thing, and then like it follows Cap and and Punisher, um, uh, and Falcon and all the people that are on the the um the the anti-registration side or whatever, and like Spider-Man's sort of like the focal point of the series because he's like the guy that like flips halfway through, I'm spoiling that whole event for people that haven't read it, but whatever (laughs) it's, it came out in 2006. If you haven't read it yet, you're on your own. Um, but like, again, like it tells the narrative from two different sides.
1: Uh, and
0: like, like I think, I think a lot of Marvel events, like the cast of characters is really large. And there's like a character who's like the, like focal point or whatever, but the, like the narratives happen side by side with each other like the narrative and secret empire happen side by side each other and like caps the focal point because he's a Nazi. Uh, like civil war two, the things happen side by side and like Ulysses is like the focal or like the weirded human characters, kind of like the focal point. Um, like secret, secret wars. There's a lot of things happening and like doom's the focal point because it's all about doom and read. Um, so this was sort um. of, like that in that Thanos was the focal point. And then I had the
1: other stories that all happened. side by side.
0: Yeah. That's, that's kind of how I thought about it. That like the running thread through the whole movie is Thanos. Um, and so like the Thanos going on the adventures and getting all the stones and all that, that's sort of like the main narrative for the movie. Um, with the like Wakanda stuff or with the like cap and, and Scarlet Witch and Vision and uh, Black Widow and and Falcon and all them doing stuff and with like the Tony and Peter and and Quill like Tony and Star Lord and Drax and all and Spidey doing things and then like the Thor stuff kind of happens off in the ether and mm-hmm. then affects the main narrative at the end of the movie.
1: So talking about Tony and uh, Cap, I feel like having them. Uh, I guess it is interesting. It's not interesting. Okay. Yeah. It is interesting that they had, uh, like both of them were a focal point of separate adventures and it sort of brought home the point of like, they're both still really important and they're both still on bad terms. Um, that's interesting to think about.
0: Yeah. Like I, I wonder how different this would have been had civil war not happened. Like, um, Mm -hmm like would they have been better prepared for something like this or, or not? But like, yeah, like, like, like Stark, like Iron Man and like Cap are like sort of the, like the pillars through, I think like the Marvel cinematic universe and, um, and like Thor, like, like, and Thor is, is also very important. And I guess like that's Marvel's version of their Trinity. Um, But, but like, I feel like the Thor stuff, is more and, and Infinity War at least is like is like Ragnarok epilogue rather than um, like Infinity War or like if Infinity War was a comic, that's what okay it would yeah
1: yeah I can see that and it it I was actually kind of surprised at how much it followed on from uh, Ragnarok, uh, but at the same time, it wasn't. It was more about shifting the character into a different place or really not so much, even that so much as putting him back into a certain status quo.
0: Yeah. I think I like this version of Thor much more than I like the Ragnarok version of Thor. Mm-hmm. Like he's still like the sort of like swashbuckling, like I'm a God, but <laughs> there's a lot of responsibility in that. Mm-hmm. And I appreciate them talking about
1: that. Yeah. So uh, you want to talk about the ending?
0: Yes. So the ending, um, the culmination <laughs> of the event or the movie or the what have you. Um, I'll let you go first.
1: Okay. So it, I mean, keeping with the theme, it was like in a, a big event, you always expect someone to die at the end. Um, and uh, yeah, and I then
0: literally billions of people died died in quotation marks.
1: <laughs> yeah, in quotation marks. We can we can talk about that, but um yeah, I it, it didn't super affect me. As I saw everyone going, I was like, I'm okay with them being gone. I'm okay with them being gone. I'm okay with them being gone. And then like <laughs> Peter showed up and he's like, "Oh, I'm not feeling so good." And I I like got up, yeah. out of, not out of my seat, but I like sat forward and I just said, "No. because I love him so much. Um, Yeah, yeah. But then, so I guess my my initial thoughts were, I did think it was real, but I was also like, it's kind of cheap in that you're just showing a bunch of people dying and you expect that to be like the big talking point of the movie. Because if you think about it, there wasn't much else. Like we talked about the uh, Thanos the whole movie was just him going and getting these six stones which weren't very well defined and it was just a thing to bring him from place to place to interact with different people and the other people were interacting nothing super important or interesting happened and then the very end is where the main important interesting thing happened so i feel like it's weird to have like thanos demands your silence i thought there was going to be something more than just people die I and I feel like if your entire movie is so reliant on the fact that something big happens at the very end, which really you didn't need the two and a half hours of build up for, then is it a good movie? And I personally think no.
0: Interesting. It is a long ass movie. Um, yeah, I I think that so I think the Thanos demands your silence thing the like their Twitter campaign or whatever to keep people from tweeting spoilers or talking about spoilers on Facebook and on Twitter and other places. Um, I didn't think of that as like a, Oh wow. They're trying to keep this like huge thing under wraps or like, there's like these big things that happened and then it's like, Oh, half the universe dies or whatever. Like I just took that as like, that's indicative of the, the world that we live in and just like in spoiler culture and internet culture and, um, and there are a lot of people that probably are less invested in this universe than you and I are um, that had this movie ruined for them on Twitter and then are not going to go see it or are not going to be able to enjoy it because some dumb fuck decided to tweet about how they were pissed off that um, like that Spider-Man died or something. Yeah, but um,
1: if, the, if the, someone's enjoyment of the movie hinges on whether or not they know what's going to happen in the last five minutes... Then they might not have, not might not have, they probably wouldn't have enjoyed it anyway.
0: Yeah, but I, I know, like I think that there's something powerful about being able to get through a whole movie and to not know exactly what's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think also for, for a lot of people who are not well versed in comic dumb because this movie is about to make a billion dollars after two weeks. Most of the people who have seen this movie have not read comic books have not read like infinity gauntlet. They might be people that have been following this universe for the last 10 years. Um, because you're right. Like as, and as we talked about earlier, if you'd read infinity gauntlet, like you could have seen the ending telegraphed from way off. Uh, but I, I think if you didn't know that it would be harder. I mean, as much as like Thanos talks about balance and like genocide and whatever else, like you might could figure it out that like, he's probably going to kill billions and billions of people um and it certainly like for me it was definitely telegraphed and like there were people next to me that were like freaking the fuck out and i was just like this doesn't affect me the thing that i thought was interesting at the end was that everybody going into this movie was like oh cap's gonna die iron man's gonna die hulk's gonna die or like falcon's gonna die or like don Cheadle's gonna die um, or uh, rody War Machine, whatever. I don't know. Um, <laughs> he's just Don Cheadle. He's just Don Cheadle. Um, and the thing that they did do is that they killed all of the characters that are potentially franchisable. T'Challa died. Strange died. Spidey died. The Guardians of the Galaxy died. Um, okay, but... <laughs> but and, so, and so that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Like For me because they killed all the people that we know they're going to make more movies with. That's why I thought that the death stuff didn't hit me as hard because like there's no way any of this is going to stick because you still, these are all the characters that you're going to franchise. Now I think it's cool that going into Avengers four, the story is probably going to be focused on like the, the main five or the main six or whatever it was from like the first, like from phase one, like finishing that story. If you can't Hawkeye, I don't because he wasn't in the movie and he's lame. Um, Like that's cool that they're going to finish this story with all those characters. Um, And like, they're teasing all this stuff for the future, but like we're going to finish this 10, 11 year story that we've been telling and these characters are going, going away, going back in the box. That is what excites me about that more than, Hey, we killed billions and billions of people also we killed all the characters that you have liked for the last couple of years.
1: So my take was as I saw everyone disappearing, like I said, I was like, okay, like they can die. All right, cool. Yeah. All right. Bye. But then to happened. And I was like, that's not happening <laughs> because I mean, yeah, that movie that's not just...
0: sticking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. Um,
1: yeah. But I, as I was, as the people were dying, I was thinking like, okay, well, you know, Spider-Man, uh, if he dies, they could uh, always make the next movie about Miles Morales. Um, if Shalla dies, they could, uh, you know, maybe stick Shuri into the Black Panther costume. Um, Guardians, maybe it could be Rocket and Thor, and then they gather a new crew. You know, I feel like you could actually continue the universe uh, just in a different
0: way. I think you could. I think you and and I think that if this were a comic book universe that that would be in the realm of possibility, but this is Hollywood. And like we've fallen we've fallen in love with all these actors and actresses, and they're not going to throw that away. But are they? <laughs> it's more <laughs> and,
1: because I feel like people are going to see these movies either way. Like they make so okay. much money, right. you know? Yeah. It's not going to be like suddenly it's Halle Berry as Catwoman it's people already love these side characters or, I mean, maybe not in the case of miles Morales, maybe, uh, Mm -hmm. Ned becomes, not Ned would not become a Spider-Man. Forget. I said that that was stupid, but (laughs) but you (laughs) you got what I mean? Like there's, there's more places that they could go from here.
0: There are more, there are a lot of possibilities. I absolutely agree with you that, that, that within the realm of probability, it is highly unlikely, but not impossible that all of these people were made dead. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I just, I just believe
1: in a a different world.
0: You are, you are a, you are a betting man. Nick. Um, You are an idealist. You are, you are an idealist. Um, We'll go with that one. Yeah. I don't know. I think, I think that the only people in this movie that actually died or Heimdall is Heimdall. <laughs> Loki's going to come back. Maybe not as Tom Hiddleston, but because they can bring Loki back as whoever they want to, because he's a God. Um, everyone else is still alive.
1: Yeah. Loki had a lot of focus and I feel like his time is done. Uh, when Thanos stabbed Iron Man. They could bring him back as a woman. They could. They could bring him back as a horse. They could bring him back as anything, really. The frog. Lokrog. Um. So, unicorn. Uh, Don Cheadle. Don Cheadle. I know, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I'm into that. <laughs> um, I forgot what I was saying. Uh, oh, 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 yeah, yeah. So when Thanos and Tony were fighting, I was like, I'm okay if he dies. Like he's had a big focus. On oh, him. absolutely. Yeah. And then he yeah. stabbed him, and I was like, good. And then he wasn't dead, and I was like come on, you can't do that to me.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And maybe all those people die in the next movie. I think that's more possible. Um, The entire world gets flipped. Yeah. Yeah. Or, you know, like if, if, if Stark and, or if Iron Man and Cap like die, taking Thanos back to his home planet or something, you know, like that would be fine. Um, Yeah. It's a,
1: it's a unique problem that we don't have in comics that the actors are actually getting older. (laughs) And I was thinking about that with uh, Spider-Man because I was like, are they really going to kill him? But then I thought he's like the next time they make a movie about him, he's not going to be high school age anymore. And I I'm sure there's good stories I to mean, tell
0: Tom Holland, is Tom Holland's 20 right now. And he looks kind of, he looks kind of young so he could, he could pull it for another couple years, but
1: yeah. Yeah. But yeah, there's, there's just people age.
0: <laughs> That's true. That's true. And like, I think, I think that that's interesting. Um, and I think they intentionally cast for like the next for, for Marvel in the MCU 2.0 whenever Avengers four ends, they cast people who are younger and who could stick around for a while. Like Tom Holland's not going anywhere. Um, Benedict Cumberbatch, I think is almost 40. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chadwick Bos- Bosman is like, I think almost 40, but like Downey jr. Is like 50, 51, Mark Ruffalo's in his fifties. Mm-hmm. Um, Don Cheadle's like definitely in his fifties and looks <laughs> like he's in his fifties. The most important offender. Um, <laughs> not even remotely. Um, uh, like those dudes like look hella old and, and like, they can't keep doing, like I was watching like Don Cheadle scenes and I was like, man, that guy can't be in an action movie anymore. <laughs> um, and I was just like remembering him in oceans 11 and I was like, wow, that was forever ago. Um, mm-hmm. uh, if Harrison Ford can do, it. um, Harrison Ford can't do it. And that's the problem. Um, Very true. Or I mean, he can do star Wars. He can't do any Jones. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, I think that it's, it felt like we're intentionally going to end this narrative next year in May. And all these people that you like and that you've liked for 10 years, they're going away and we're starting over. Uh, and I think that's cool. um, and I think they've set it up for that to happen, and it's going to be some weird time travelly whatnot, time timey gobbledygook, whatever the Doctor Who timey wobbly wyme gobbledygook,
1: wobbly, wobbly timey wimy
0: that one, yeah, that one. Um, I don't know. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I you thought like the people who were dead were actually dead, and I think nobody's dead. Like not even Gamora's not dead. Vision's not dead. Um yeah,
1: yeah I I realize it's very uh unlikely that all the people who died will be dead. I just gonna hope that it's not. <laughs> hope that you know Disney uh, realizes that it has enough money to actually take a risk, uh, but later on, I can be disappointed uh, that they didn't because they're just a giant conglomerate.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think the risk was convincing people that you killed half of your franchise. Um, and there are people that believe that and are like freaking out that they have to wait a year in order to know whether or not that's going to happen. And yeah, but are there to me that? I think that there are, I genuinely think that there are people that saw this movie who are not avid comics readers that were like, holy motherfucking short balls. Like they killed all the people What are we going to do? I think those people exist. They probably don't listen to this podcast. (laughs) But I think they exist. Okay. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. The last question. um, Is Jess going to hate this movie or not? And then we'll get her on the air.
1: Um, So on a scale of like one to ten on how disappointed. uh, (laughs) How disappointed, not hate. (laughs) Well, she heard our whole like conversation she did so i feel like her disappointment level isn't going to be as high as it would have been if she had just gone and seen the movie um Mm -hmm. she because she hasn't had a great track record i guess like either of us with uh a lot of the marvel movies so i feel like enjoyment level is gonna be not super high i think she's just gonna find it like good in the ways that we did, but lacking in the ways that we did. But I also yeah. feel like her disappointment level isn't gonna be as high because we screwed up.
0: <laughs> yeah. We fucked up folks. Um sorry about that. Yeah. I think that I think that that's probably right. I think it's 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 so interesting to me. Um like like our our editors on Multiversity Comics ran an article about all them talking about the movie and there were some of them were like, this is not really a movie. This is just like a two and a half hour um, extended, like uh, I forget the word um, cut scene or, or whatever else. Like it's, it's an extended, just like here are all these people. Um, and I think there is a lot of that for me. There's a lot of excitement in that. I think that's cool. I think I had a lot of fun with seeing all these characters together. And I thought there was something powerful in that. Um and knowing that like this universe exists, I wasn't excited with the ending. I don't know that. Yeah, Jess will be disappointed in the ending because she'll be like, "Oh, they didn't really kill all the people." Um, but I think other parts of it, she's like, "This is not horrible." Um, but who knows? We'll have to we'll have to ask her when she sees it. <laughs> I think. Soon. Um, cool. Any other thought? Infinity War thoughts before we transition?
1: Um. No, Ant Man. Honestly, I could see it taking place after. That could be a really interesting direction, but I don't think it's actually going to happen and it's probably going to end with like him disappearing. That
0: okay. Uh that would be the risk to me if this movie takes place in the transition between Infinity War and whatever Avengers 4 is called. Um I don't think it's going to happen.
1: Yeah, even Captain Marvel which could um is going to be taking place right. in the nineties.
0: Right. Like that's an extended flashback. So I'm sure like in a post, in a post credit scene she'll show up because she's gonna be in Avengers 4, because like the Samuel L. Jackson uh post credit scene in Infinity War was about her. Um man, if this movie took place in the aftermath of Infinity War, I think that would that would be ballsy as all get out. Um
1: mm uh i yeah because i think it would sorry going?
0: yeah oh i just like i don't know what story that you could tell about unless it was like the world has gone to like total debauchery and thieving and like there's one this one particular thief that we gotta like say like i i could i like mm. i don't think that you can tell like a funny movie with like the world has gone to hell and everything sucks yeah
1: and if you look at the screenwriters like it's gonna be it's gonna be a. Uh, fun funny movie
0: yeah yeah um i think it'll take place right before i'm sure there'll be a post credit scene that ties into it i if paul rudd disappears that is not an avengers 4 i think that would be risky i think that would be fun because like i think that we're kind of expecting him and, and hawkeye well to show up you know really
1: i don't think so i think he would disappear
0: interesting that would be cool then like if it was just wasp <laughs> um, <laughs> well
1: maybe she would disappear
0: too and better I hope not. Um, she definitely is the better. <laughs> You're just waiting she. for that moment anyway for
1: her to make you cry.
0: I am, I am. I I have loved both of those trailers for that movie. I think it's actually gonna be a lot. And fun.
1: you love the Unstoppable Wasp uh, series.
0: And I love, but that's a different Wasp. Oh, anyway, okay, because that's Nadia. Not okay, whoever I think that uh, not Hope. That's that's who. The band. yeah but michelle pfeiffer is going to be in it and michelle Pfeiffer's great she's going to be all yeah, right woman. uh i hope there's a cat woman like okay. or like an easter egg or something. i would like that okay well we're going to go ahead and transition and talking about avengers number one we're going to get jess in on the in on the fun and we'll see you in a second Hello podcast listeners, we're the hosts of the DC3 cast, I'm Zach, I'm Vince, and I'm Brian. Each week we discuss most of the new releases from DC Comics, focusing mainly on Rebirth, Wildstorm, and Young Animal. We also look at the news of the week, discuss the film and television adaptations of DC material, and dig into industry rumors. We've also had a number of DC creators on our show, like Scott Snyder, Jim Lee, Christopher Priest, Steve Orlando, and Joshua Williamson. So, if you like Borat jokes, My wife! Bad to end the DiDio impressions, This is bad, what the f- And an in-depth look at DC each week. Join us every Wednesday morning at MultiversityComics.com, Apple Podcasts, or your podcatcher of choice. Come get juergens with us and we're back folks with part two of this episode of make mine multiversity uh jess is with us now Uh, we had our fun spoiler conversation and now and we spoiled it for jess on accident on twitter but she's here (laughs) (laughs) uh jess how are you doing
2: i am good a little tired but good
0: (laughs) awesome 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 well hopefully we'll we'll talk about things now that we're not spoiling for you because you've read what we're going to talk about. <laughs> um so for the second part of this episode we're going to be talking about the Newest Adventures relaunch in Avengers number 1 written by Jason Aaron with art by Ed McGuinness came out last week on May 2nd. Um the first issue of Marvel's f- Newest Fresh Start initiative. Um it's kind of a sort of a return to form for the Avengers in a lot of ways. We have a team that consists of Iron Man, Tony Stark, uh, Cap, you know, Steve Rogers, Thor, back being Thor Thor. We have She-Hulk, Black Panther, uh, uh, Captain Marvel, Carol Danvers, and uh, Doctor Strange, at least for this first arc. And then, um, wow, I just blanked on what the Ghost Rider... Uh the Robbie, new Ghost Rider's name Reyes. is Jaime. Robbie it's Reyes. Reyes, not Jaime Reyes. Robbie Reyes. I was thinking Jaime too. That's wrong. That's DC. Um, Robbie Reyes is Ghost Rider. Um, so yeah, it's kind of a more traditional lineup. Uh and yeah, so we're gonna go ahead and and kind of get kind of get into the weeds a little bit. So, um, uh, what were y'all's uh your first reactions, your first thoughts to uh to this issue? So, uh, so Jess, we'll we'll start with you
2: um uh generally i thought it was okay um i i it it picks up from that uh legacy issue um which is good i think because that all that stuff felt like it was supposed to be important and then it just kind of wasn't and now it is again so um i guess it's good that that's coming back into play um i i have mixed feelings on uh the bulk of like the beginning of this issue being about um uh, Tony, Thor, and and Steve Rogers, um, kind of like forcing themselves to get back together or whatever. Um, so I have I have mixed feelings about that, which which we'll get into. But um, overall, like I thought, it it did an okay job just setting up what it wanted to do. It's just kind of crazy that it took that many pages to do that. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, at least it got it out of the way. Yeah. So I'm hoping yeah. that what comes next yeah. is is you know something that moves it along that that feels worth the cover price
0: mm-hmm. yeah yeah it was it's was 40 pages at 4.99 um yeah i think i had some similar some similar issues with that that you did about the the scene at the beginning with uh with thor and and steve and tony kind of getting together but isn't that just like what adult friendships are like like you just like get drinks every two years and like things are cool or something like that uh.
2: <laughs> I, I mean, I I guess, but also like I don't I don't know if when you're with those friends, you all decide. Yeah, no, we are the only ones that can save the world.
0: <laughs> hey, yeah, no, that makes sense. <laughs> that makes sense. Um, Nick, what about you? What were your sort of initial thoughts?
1: So I'm not very uh, big on reading Avengers. In I just mean that I haven't read a lot of Avengers, uh, or maybe any. I think I read the issue where Captain America came back from the iceberg from the sixties. Um, but yeah, that's about it. So, uh, as someone whose main exposure to the team is through the movies, uh, movies, which I don't typically like, I enjoyed it a lot more than I thought I would. Um, I'm not usually huge on team stories, uh, especially like the bigger adult teams. Like I like, uh, things like Teen Titans, because uh, just it's a lot more character-based. Um, but yeah, I thought this was very much in line with uh, things, like comparing to what I know, very much like a Justice League type thing. There's a big threat, and uh, the characters sort of get together. Um, yeah, it was fun. I, I think Jason Aaron, as a writer, is... Uh, similar to what I talked about last time with how Charles Sewell can take any little nugget of a story and make it into a huge, (laughs) like fill up a lot of pages with it. Uh, and it might not accomplish a lot, but it is still interesting to read. And that's pretty much how I felt about this issue.
0: That's that's fair. That makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah, yeah. I think this is the first time that the, that the Avengers have felt, um, I guess, big again since, uh, since secret wars, um, the, the, you know, up like Hickman's big Avengers saga between Avengers and new Avengers, uh, had a lot of familiar faces and then some, some larger, bigger faces from the Marvel universe, but it was still gr- very much grounded in, um, kind of like the, the Fae five or, 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 what have you. Um, yeah, this is the, the first time that the Avengers have kind of, I guess, have been, grounded since uh i guess that was the end of 2015 or what or whatever it was so that on on that end this is cool like it's cool to see an avengers team that feels important it's cool to see an avengers book that they've kind of uh marketed and heralded as the like flagship title of the marvel fresh start world um I like I like it when the like the team books are sort of like the pinnacle of what people need to be reading. I, I get Nick what you're saying about not wanting to read team books because sometimes they can be watered down or like they can be you, you you can't you can't focus on everyone and you can't tell great stories because they're not very character focused because they're more plot driven than they are character focused. Um, but I, I like the big like the big stories from the companies I guess in a lot of ways. Uh, I think some of oh go ahead.
1: Sorry, yeah, uh, even sorry, I didn't mean to like interrupt your thoughts. I just just wanted to say how like Jason Aaron is good at putting little character moments into a lot of places, uh, even when the bigger things are happening. And uh, we can talk about that more in a second, but uh, yeah, you
0: continue with your thought. Sure, sure, sure. Um, Yeah, no, I guess speaking, moving and speaking of Jason Aaron. Um, yeah, so like Jess said, this follows up on the main plot threads from Marvel Legacy number one. This is kind of like the first, not really first, first, maybe first big instance of following up on Marvel Legacy number one uh, since that issue came out in October, which was also written by Jason Aaron. Um, and. And so that's cool. It's cool that we're returning to that. It's cool that we're finally talking about the things that legacy was supposed to be about. Uh, but with with this issue and and with that issue, also, I remember when when we talked about uh, that issue, I had some I had some some problems with it uh, as well. It didn't really wow me. There was something about this that just kind of felt off, and I'm not necessary. I'm not entirely sure what that was, and so hopefully we can explore some of that. Um I have some ideas but we'll get there. Uh so the first thing that I want to talk about uh like we like we should do is the art on this book. So what do we think about Ed McGinnis's art? What do you think about Ed McGinnis? Nick, we'll we'll start with you because I imagine that your opinion is going to be far more favorable than mine will be.
1: And I imagine you're correct. <laughs> uh yeah, I I like Ed McGinnis a lot. I like his uh I like softer art styles, and he's all about that. He's also all about uh, very expressive uh <clears throat> not just expressive faces but whole he's good at making the whole body look expressive and I appreciate that a lot. um his art i i think back to like his work on Superman Batman over a decade ago, um like a decade and a half by now, almost closer to a decade but yeah um
0: yeah you're old yeah
1: no i I wasn't reading it when it came out I'm not that <laughs> old, guys. Uh, but, but um yeah it's it's evolved in a certain way it's a lot less toyetic i think than that art was and I think he's he's uh still just as good at doing both small moments and uh big universe. Uh, ending type moments um yeah I like it a lot um i'm I'm scrolling through it right now to see if I have any more thoughts but um in the meantime what do uh what do you two think
0: jess what do you what do you what are you thinking
2: um i i also uh i wasn't like crazy with like a lot of the actual like action sequences I felt like a lot of that was really really busy, but I also really like his character work like i like those pages where uh the three of them are just talking like i think he's really good at like at character uh a character expression which is like a big deal for me when i'm reading a comic because i like to feel like these are just like they're not like action figures that you're playing with like they're actually people so like i like that um but uh, I, I think sometimes he can get to be a little, he can get a little scattered with some of the action sequences. And sometimes that can look a little too action figure-y, um, which I don't like. Even in action scenes, like I, I like something that feels like you're actually Beating someone up, I guess I don't know if that makes sense, but um, I don't like when it seems too posed. But like uh, I, I agree with Nick. Like I, I really like his character work, and I, I tend to like his style too. Um, but I mean, it, it just the whole thing, this whole final uh, product just wasn't like my favorite thing he's done.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's that's fair. I think so. I I have liked Ed McGinnis on a lot of other books that he's done. Um, like I've read the, the Superman Batman stuff that, that Nick mentioned. He was, I think previously working on the Spider-Man Deadpool book at the beginning of all new, all different Marvel. Now I'm getting my relaunches confused. Um, not a hard thing. Uh, yeah. And I, I feel like though that, he's the wrong artist for this book. Um, and mm. like, I think that this is entirely too like cartoony or manga esque for, um, for like a huge Marvel event book kind of thing, I guess. Like I, I, hear what both of you are saying about the, the character expressions and the, like the body language. And I think there's a lot of that. And, and and I like I like that because it's important. Like it sells, uh, like the scene where you know in the beginning where Tony and and Thor and Steve are all in a bar and they're talking and they're like reminiscing. Like that makes sense, you know. Like when when T'Challa and and Doctor Strange like go into the sin of the earth and Doctor Strange is like I don't know what's going on and T'Challa's like we just got to go do this because we got to save the world. Like that's cool. Like when when she Hulk like gets pissed when she gets catcalled on the street and she turns around and like sort of hulks out on those dudes, like the, the faces for that, that works. But when you get to the end of the issue and we're sort of trying to sell this huge universe ending threat, um, I think that his artwork, and even at the beginning with the like 1 million BC Avengers stuff, his artwork just feels too small in a way that I think like the more Marvel I guess like house style or I'm I'm thinking of the, like the, the David Marquez's or um, the, like Steve McNiven's like that those kind of people sell the, like the bigness of a threat that I, I don't, I don't ever think that I felt that this was, this was big, like the character stuff makes sense and works, but like, This is literally like gods dying and falling to the earth. And I know I didn't feel that like that hugeness because it felt it felt like a cartoon, I guess.
1: Did you read it in print or did you only read the PDF?
0: I only read the PDF.
1: Okay, so it's it's worth noting uh, for listeners that our PDF, uh, the double page spreads are split up into two separate pages and you have to sort of scroll down like up and down to see,
2: you can can put
0: it in like a two page mode or I guess I can't. So, so
1: I, yeah, I was wondering if maybe that had something to do with it.
0: Uh, uh, no, that, that, that didn't, I think there was something off for me about the, the, like the depth and the bigness of, how he's like selling the celestials, I guess. Like there's, there's a couple of big, a big page spreads. There's the one with the celestial, like that, that captain Marvel like drops into New York or whatever that body of water is. I'm from Texas. Um, And then there's the, you know, the, the page spread at the beginning with the 1 million BC Avengers where they're about to go fight the like, the first host or the final host or whatever um there's something about that page in particular that i i think it's like wonky in a way that i don't know that i can tell you why um i don't know like i think i i felt like it just like it felt off for me like all of all of his art it did i didn't feel like it sold the magnitude of of this thing um
1: yeah. And the more majority, like I'm, I'm scrolling through it now. I'm looking the majority of it is, uh, sort of, uh, just normal, uh, shots of the characters. Uh, it's not, there's nothing or not, there's nothing, but there's only a few, uh, spots where it's like really, uh, trying to give you a sense of the scale. A lot of it is just showing you the figure work. And you can see that in the background too. There's not a lot of very detailed backgrounds. Um, but, I mean, that didn't really affect my enjoyment of it. I Honestly, it might have even made me feel even better about it. Because when I read these big uh, big uh, <clears throat> excuse me, universe ending comics, uh, I feel like it can lose the personal touch. Um, so I, I think for the exact reason that it didn't work so much for you, I think it did work for me.
0: That's... Hmm. I think, I think that's, I think that's fair. I don't know. Like I, I think. Hmm. I think that for stories like this, like you have to have the person that can like sell the big, huge action. Like you don't, you don't get you don't get the person that can like sell all the character expressions to draw your like huge excuse me end of the world books I guess um, and I don't think I don't think it was just that like I think it was that coupled with a handful of the things that happened sort of early in the book um, and kind of, I guess in the scene that that uh, that that Jess was talking about with uh, all the boys reminiscing getting the getting the band back together. Um, I felt like I was being treated with kind of like with kid gloves of like, we're retelling all of these things that have been happening to all of us in case you haven't been reading for the past, you know, two years, but it, and usually I'm okay with that, I guess, because I, I, and I understand that something like this probably brought in a lot of new readers. Perhaps there were a lot of people that went and saw Avengers: Infinity War the weekend before, and were like, "Wow, I want to read an Avengers book!" Oh my god, there's a new starting place. Oh wow, it's with all these characters that were in this movie that I went and just saw, or with a lot of them. Um, and so it might have been for that o- that that audience in particular, but there's something about the way in which um, Aaron wrote the like. Thor and Tony and cap talking about what had been happening to them for the last couple couple years or weeks or whatever else that like felt almost condescending to like people who have been around for a while. And like that coupled with the more like cartoony sort of like, I would almost describe McGinnis's style in this as sort of like kiddish. Um, that I think I felt not like offended, but like I don't like, I don't need to be, Treated with these, like with with the kid gloves, per se, and I'm saying that knowing full well that there are probably people who read this that very much needed that, um, and I don't know if that's fair or not.
2: See, I see, I. The art for that scene in particular didn't bother me, but I do agree with your issues with just the scene in general because I, I do feel like it's great that the comic book does exist for people who are coming out of seeing the Avengers movie and wanting to see those characters again together. But see, I always feel really annoyed about it because I feel like every every couple of years when Marvel tries to reset or they try to... Um, They try to offer a new, fresh starting point. They always fall back to, well, what if these three got back together? This is not the first time they've tried a reunion tour of the, the core three of the Avengers. This isn't the first time they've done this. So I just get kind of annoyed when it's like, when they want this to be special and it's not. It's like, yeah, okay, but you guys are acting like these characters haven't interacted in so long that they haven't teamed up for other things in in decades, and that's not that's not the truth. The only thing that's different here is you're just throwing a new creative team on it, and it's like it's just weird to me that I'm supposed to think this is special because it's not. It's it's still very much like an Avengers book. There's nothing exciting. There's nothing um, unique about the story we've had this reunion before, um, but it always feels like one of the characters is always the guy that doesn't want to do it. And so like this time it's Tony Stark's turn to be the guy that doesn't really, that's not really feeling it. And in a couple years, maybe it'll be Thor. Who's not the one who wants to do it. And then two years after that, it'll be captain America. And it's like, it just keeps becoming, it's just the cycle that we're in. So that that's like, that's my thing with that whole, with the whole uh, big concept here of this story. With those three, I I just, I'm not into it.
1: Yeah. And you, you sort of see, I think a lot of the time you can see uh, the characters sort of speaking for the writer um, where the writer uh, is given uh, like, okay, you're going to write the Avengers team and it's going to have these people on it. And then uh, the writer has to figure out a way to make it happen. And they sort of write their own thoughts into it. They're like, well, I don't know if this is going to work. Oh, well, like, is there a reason for us to be back together? And I think you can, you can see a lot of that here, but maybe it's just because I'm so used to it by now. Um, that, and also all the the expo- exposition that was uh, put into that
0: dialogue in the beginning. I, I really didn't mind it. I mean, I don't mind it in a lot of other books when it happens because, I've come to expect it at this point and I've come to expect it from Marvel books and from DC books, because the hope is usually that you have people who are reading these new number ones that have never picked up a comic book before. Um, But sometimes it's done subtly enough or just like not so on the nose enough that that it doesn't bother me, I guess. Um, like I'm thinking of like somebody like Dan Slott who does this pretty frequently in like amazing Spider-Man. And he refers to these stories that I'm actually, when he does, it, I'm grateful for because he's referring to these stories that I haven't read because my Spider-Man, um, like tr- treasury of, of things that I've read is, is lower than, than other people. Um, and so I need that, but like, for me, I think whenever I see expedition exposition like this, like this is the perfect opportunity to like stick an asterisk in the dialogue, have an editor's box and be like, Hey, Tony's been in a coma. See this story. Hey, Thor's been like unworthy. See this story. Hey, cap was a Nazi. See this story. Um, instead of just being like, or instead of tony just being like yeah you were crap, and like you were the unworthy thor and like i was in a coma and i guess now we're gonna get a drink together
1: yeah there's in those uh three pages in a row right after the title page um on one page tony says to the future one without me in a coma and then right on the next page uh he says you know what's the opposite of me being my usual amazing self and doing all sorts of amazing me stuff, being brain being dead. A,
0: being brain dead.
1: <laughs> and then the page Maybe after Maybe you're that, really
0: effective. I don't know. The um, page
1: after that, he says, we make cr- quite the trio. Hydrocap, Coma Tony, and the unworthy Thor. Yeah. So I, I, I see what you guys mean.
0: It's just like, that's so much... Um and i think that was what was more wrong with this to me than than what you were saying just about these these people getting together and i guess i'm curious when was the last i guess and maybe i know how to answer this question because it might have been hickman's avengers but like when was the last time that marvel said we're going to get the band back together and then they had an avengers book like this
2: was it hickman it might have been hickman
0: because they I think they yeah. were on Hickman's yeah. Avengers
2: Yeah. And I remember when it was it was maybe mid two thousands they were together and it was made into a big deal. Because I remember that, that was when, like two thousand seven or eight was when I started buying my own uh single issues. Like that's when I started getting into comics. And they were together. So it's not like they've been apart for Decades upon decades where it's like a huge deal. And I I think a lot of the time, I think comics needs to kind of uh, understand that people aren't stupid and less is more. Um, Because there's a big overlap between wrestling and comics. And when you watch wrestling, there's a lot of recapping of storylines. Because basically their approach is this could be somebody's first show. So let's make sure they know the story. So you get like recaps, but you get recaps like before anything starts. So you'll see like WWE does this. They do these promo packages where they basically take like a minute or two and tell you exactly what happened in the feud. And then things keep going. It's not like their match is going to stop and start and tell you all these extra details that you didn't really need to know. And I think comics could kind of borrow something from that and embrace recap pages instead of spending 40 ish uh 40 uh pages basically getting you to what number one will be because i feel like this issue was a lot of stuff that you could have condensed so much and told people without making that the entire 40 pages because i i just i just thought 40 pages i was going to get a lot more than this it just felt like very much like a, a prelude to what was coming
1: yeah, well Marvel has gotten a lot better at um doing the recap pages and they do it in almost every book. Uh, I think this is just a special case because it was a number 1 and because it was a like really huge number 1.
0: I'm sorry, could you were cutting out right there? Could you say that again?
1: Yeah, it's um Marvel does the recap pages in a lot of their books, but it's usually just in the ongoings and the series that uh that don't uh, have as big of an impact as one like this.
0: Right. Right. Um, Yeah. I think, uh, I guess I'm thinking about like, it would have been, you couldn't have, you wouldn't have had to talk about, or you wouldn't have had to have Tony say I was in a coma and you were unworthy and you were a Nazi. If like you'd had some recap pages at the beginning or like, like kind of like the, the like three page, like here's the origin story of all these characters that they were doing in Marvel legacy. You could have had the like, here's what's been going on in these characters lives. Now they're all going to meet for drinks because they haven't, they haven't seen each other in a while, whether or not that's like, and, and and that may or may not have had, you know, impact because that has, has happened over the years. Like you're saying, Jess, but I think, I think that I think you're, you're absolutely, you're, you're absolutely right. Like this is a thing that I have been frustrated with, I guess recently reading comic things and um, just like other forms of media, just like assuming that your audience is idiotic. Um, like I think that there's
1: oh, it's it's so much worse than TV. Yeah,
0: (laughs) I think there's a difference between assuming that your audience is ignorant and assuming that your audience is stupid. Um, and like there are things that people can put together. Without having to be told explicitly, hey, this thing might have happened. Like if you did, if like these, if like Tony and 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 Steve and Thor had all met for drinks and they'd be like, we haven't done this in a while. Even if you're a new reader, I feel like you could have inferred, like, oh, these people must not have seen each other in a while. I wonder what that was. And then you might go check on those back issues, or you might not. You might just like say, oh, these people haven't seen each other in a while. That's a detail. That I now know. I don't know why. And I don't need to know why for the sake of the story. But it just like hit it on the head. Over and over and over again. That like oh yeah I was in a coma. Oh yeah I was in a coma. Oh yeah like you have a gold arm. Um, like I don't know. Like I I hate feeling like. I am being hit over the head. Over and over again. With, with details and story things. That. Um, that I already know or that like you assume that I'm not smart enough to figure out on my own, I guess.
1: And I think part of why you guys are reacting so (laughs) viciously um, in this moment, um, comics really have gotten away from that, I think in general. Um, But if, cause if you go back and read stuff from like the, 90s or even 70s 80s like the first few pages of every superhero comic is recapping the stuff that happened the few issues before uh if it's a continuous narrative um but this is it's definitely not as bad as that but it's also not quite what we've come to expect today where you're sort of thrown in the deep end every time
0: yeah and i like and i i i have like i've and i've said here you know um like I understand that that might be a privileged position, um, because there are people that have not read a comic. They might have picked this up. They might need some more of that. But I think even those, even those people, those hypothetical people, um, could just like intuit some things or figure some things out by themselves. Like I think that there's a balance between like trying to be inclusive and like trying to hold everybody's hand. Um, and I, th- oh, go ahead, Jess.
2: No, I, I'm I'm so I'm agreeing with you um, Kevin because I think uh, in 2018 and based on the way Marvel markets their books I don't think it's necessary to tell you to tell you so much um, in a comic that's supposed to be a first issue of something in 40 pages like I think a lot of it can be um, narrowed down a lot and people who watch the movies are not about to jump into comics completely confused and lost. They're going to recognize some things. And, and I know people who don't read comics, but adore the Marvel movies. And even they know that the comics are doing a completely separate thing, but they just would want to see those characters. So it's, they know enough people know enough to follow something. Um, And I think, and, and even if, And even if you're a person who doesn't watch the Marvel movies but wants to read comics, I I don't know who you are, but you are kind of a saint because how did you even find out that Marvel has comics? Because, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, because the direct market is the way that it is. And and at this point, um, just familiarizing myself with how other books sell in in book markets that are not Marvel and DC. It's like, yeah, I'm pretty sure a lot more people read comics than I know, but they don't read Marvel and DC because those those are still so tied to the direct market. So I just I, I just think that they need to give people a little bit more benefit of the doubt because I just think I just think. Um, I just think they're not as clueless as some some of these issues will read as. Like I just I'm I'm like I'm just bummed that I I read a forty page comic and it just told me stuff I already knew. Like I don't feel like I got anything new from it.
1: That's a a really good point about who exactly is going to be reading this issue and whether they need that. Um, because you're right, it is very tied to the direct market. Um, the only <laughs> not, not only but one of the few places I can think of where. People would be like just stumbling upon this issue is at like Marvel Superhero Island in like Orlando in Islands of Adventure. if You guys know the theme park, but um, there's there's a comic store in there. But I people don't just stumble into comic shops like that unless they're at a theme park, you know. Um, but I'm thinking like when people do read comics, you made the point a lot of people read comics, just not Marvel and DC. Um, I was thinking even when they do read Marvel and DC, it's just evergreens. They don't read the monthly titles um, unless it's monthly titles that are becoming evergreen, like for instance, Squirrel Girl or Miss Marvel. So thinking about it that way, do you, do you see Marvel trying to create an evergreen title here? Or do you think it's just, this is just part of their monthly output? Cause I think in general, the story, it felt like just another monthly output but, I don't know, maybe they always have that eye on maybe this can be an evergreen.
2: I don't think they get to the point where they think it's an evergreen until they see how people react to it. Because like, I feel like Ms. Marvel and Squirrel Girl have gotten to that point because of how people have reacted to it. And and how people have kind of made it a point to get that book from... Uh, from like a bookstore instead of instead of a local comic shop because this did read like just another like it did read to me like just another monthly thing but i don't think they get to the point where they see it as an evergreen type book until a few months into it like I, i just feel like avengers is one of those things where they're like yeah i mean we're just gonna put this out because it's avengers like i feel like uh Jason Aaron, though, like, I like Jason Aaron a lot, so I feel I, I do want to give him a, a shot here to win me over with this book, but I feel like his recent, like, his Thor run has become that kind of book, specifically the Jane Foster stuff, because that has a beginning and an ending, and I, I feel like if Marvel really was, was, was going to be smart about this, they would make that a collection all on its own, and then that would become something I think would be evergreen. But even I don't think they see that until way later into the run.
0: Okay. Yeah, I would, I would agree with that. I think this, this feels like the Avengers team for people who have never read an Avengers book and have only seen the movies because this is like the, the highlight reel of the Marvel cinematic universe. Um, Minus she Hulk, perhaps Robbie Reyes has been an agents of shield uh captain marvel people know captain marvel's getting a movie because they're like oh yeah that's gonna be marvel's wonder woman um so maybe i guess maybe like they're hoping that this will be the avengers team that like gets people into the comics or gets people into these stories because they know the movies but i think that like the marvel cinematic universe has been around for 10 years and I would imagine that the amount of people that have seen a movie or watched one of the ABC shows, watched one of the Freeform shows, watched one of the Netflix shows, and have gone and bought a comic is very low. Uh, I'm I absolutely I'm sure that those people exist, um, but to like bank your the beginning of like your next biggest relaunch on the hope and on the like. The idea that oh, this is going to reach people that just went and saw this Avengers movie—that's um, and that's who I think the audience is. Perhaps I think that that is incorrect. Um, and I don't, I don't know. Like I think that, I think that you have to strike like a balance, I guess, between wanting new readers and not necessarily catering to the old once but just like understanding that this is not everybody's first comic i guess and i think jess is right like this felt like an extended promo like there was nothing in this issue that having read marvel legacy number one um that like feels like it couldn't have happened in like three pages like if 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 the, the, the bros had been like getting a drink and they walked outside and then like, it was raining celestials, um, which is kind of what happens. But over the course of like 20 pages, um, and like, then they like did some celestial shit for, you know, like another 10 pages. Like that would have felt like a better comic to me than this. Like this felt like, like is like a zero issue almost, or like a, like a prelude issue to like what's coming. Um,
2: I, I don't want to like get too off topic, but like I I feel like it would be cool if they did an Avengers book that felt more like the movies. Um but maybe that wouldn't be like the main book um because he brought up Runaways and like I read the first uh the original like Runaways run and then I watched the show and I read the current Runaways and I feel like the current Runaways is like the the comic series. I feel like that's the exact kind of thing that show and book that that property needed to kind of tie the two together because the show is extremely angsty. Like, it is a teenage drama. It is so ridiculous at times, but really good. And then the comic is clearly marketed at that exact same audience, but it also really embraces the history, but also doesn't bog you down in that and I, I feel like that book. I I don't know. I don't know what the numbers are like for that book, so I don't know how it sells. But I feel like that's kind of like the standard. Like I feel like that's when you're trying to do like the thing where you uh, bring over like your mainstream uh, property, uh, mainstream like uh, fame to like the comic book world. Like I feel like that's like a really really good. Uh, meld of those two things and I feel like with the other stuff with all the Avengers stuff I feel like Marvel has kind of gotten has not has dropped the ball on that um, aside from the, uh, the very small amounts of uh, Jerry Duggan's uh, Guardians of the Galaxy that I read because I know he got a little bit into the comedy side with that too at times which is what the movies were anyway so I, I feel like there's a way to do it but the Avengers books don't do it. And, and that's, that bums me out. Cause I feel like there is a way to please old, older readers, longtime readers, and then like younger readers or people have never, who have never really read like the mainstream stuff before and runaways to me, I, I think is a good um, example of that.
1: Yeah. Piggybacking off of that thought, um, it just came out um, today. So you guys might not have read it, but have either of you read the first issue of the new Venom series?
2: I have not, but I I saw tweets about it that were very very positive.
1: Yeah, so it's I feel like it's doing everything that you guys wanted this issue to do for an Avengers comic. Uh, it's doing that for Venom, and in the way that you guys want it to.
2: Nice. Yeah, I'll have to read it too.
0: I'll have to read it then. I, um. But it, and it, and like again, I. I trust Jason Aaron to do something like that. Like I think Jason Aaron's a great writer. Like I, and his, like the Jane store, the Jane Foster Thor stuff has been wonderful. Um, I would be curious how much of this is like editorially mandated things and how much of this is like Aaron saying, I have to, I have to say all this stuff in this comic because I have to say all this stuff. Um, but I think you're right, Jess, like the, the current runaways book, like, it's being written by somebody who's never written comics before. Like it's being written by rainbow route, like a, like a young adult author. And like, you got, you got Chris Anka's art, which is awesome. Um, but it's like, it's like a synthesis. I'm sure of what some of the older runaway stuff was and and what maybe the, the Hulu show is, which I haven't watched it, but the, the, the comic very much kind of feels like in the same vein of, the like the Miss Marvels or the score girls and that like the things that happen in it are like consequential and in, inside the title and they're not like consequential, maybe on like a bigger scale, but, um, but like it feels important. I don't know. Um, Yeah. And that, that goes along with
1: how the, the story in this issue, it was just stuff happened and you can tell that the rest of the arc is going to be like that. It's going to be stuff happens and then everyone's going to forget about it because it's not going to be important.
0: I hope it's important because they published a whole 50 page issue about it back in October. Um, I want this uh, to be well important. That, yeah,
1: that specifically with the, um, the older, the like 1 million, 1 billion BC, the BC millions, uh, th- they're probably going to be important, but maybe not the rest of the story.
0: I, yeah, maybe not. And and like he said, like Aaron, Jason Aaron said, like they're going to be issues dedicated to the 1 million bc avengers so like that will be an ongoing kind of thing like the um the like flashbacks and flash forwards in his thor run were um which i i enjoyed i enjoyed those and like the the thor god of thunder um thanks there were less so in the in the jane thor stuff uh and thor and the mighty thor 700 there's some some of that um, so yeah, like maybe maybe it's not the celestial stuff that's important. Maybe it's just the one million BC Avenger stuff. And I will, I will hope like I will be thrilled in how that plays out because I'm sure it'll be fun and creative. Hopefully, um, I don't know. I think I expected more from this, and especially and like Bleeding Cool ran these articles too, like comparing this alongside um, the DC Nation zero issue special that ran um last week right before free comic book day and then justice league no surrender that read today um there's a lot of overlap just in terms of like uh batshit celestial beings come to earth to kill people uh all the heroes got to mm-hmm. team up to stop it and yeah the visual is like the exact same yeah yeah and like DC did it better because like all of the things that we were describing like when I read those issues I didn't feel like I was being condescended like no justice builds on metal but it's not like you don't have to be reliant on the fact that you read metal and like everything that you need to know about that event is like subtly told to you in a way that I don't think makes I don't think assumes that you're like dumb um, but I don't know I don't know I hope I, I, I think that this comic is going to get better that's maybe where, where I'm going to land on that yeah
2: I do too I do too um, and I think that's just and I think a lot of my faith in that just comes down to being Jason Aaron because, like, he is a really good writer. He really is. So I have faith that he can do something really cool here. It's just off to a slow start. I mean, I mean, honestly, after Thor, like, I'm willing to, like, read anything, at least give anything he does a try. And if I don't like it, I don't like it. But, like, he'll get me to try a book.
1: Yeah. Yeah, for
0: sure.
2: Um,
1: well, uh. I still enjoyed it much more than I enjoyed Infinity War, uh, mostly because of the art and
0: um, the fact that it was a lot shorter. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't too <laughs> um, Cool. We got any other final thoughts or other questions that we, we wanted to ask? No, I'm good. Nah. Cool, cool. Um, Well, that does it for uh, this episode of Make Mine Multiversity, folks. uh, Please uh, go to uh, the Apple Podcasts or your other podcast um, places that you get podcasts. There's probably a better word for that, and I am not finding it right now. Uh, Please subscribe. Give us a review. Uh, Check us out at multiversitycomics.com and check out some of the other uh, podcasts. Uh, Jess, Nick, where can people find you on the larger interwebs?
2: Uh, I am on Twitter at JustCamNJ, and, um, and I'm not on Twitter as much these days because I've been very, very busy, but um, you can still follow me. And um, I write at Multiversity.com, uh, comics.com, which you should read because it's awesome. And then I also have stuff at geek.nation.com
1: And I'm on Twitter at NPaulMaryWrites, and uh, I'm going to be writing – about Avatar The Last Airbender the summer, season two. Super excited about that. That's going to be on Multiversity.
0: Oh, right. The summer TV binge thing begins soon. Oh,
2: yeah. I, I'm, I'm coming back. I'm, I'm doing The X-Files again, season two. I plan to write for Multiversity for the next 10 years, so I can just review every episode of The X-Files.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's, fair. That's fair. I will be <laughs> back. I'll be reviewing again just season two.
2: Nice. Uh,
1: yeah, I thought it was funny that us three make up uh, three of the four people who are returning from shows they did last yeah.
0: year. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's true. Um, cool. Well, that begins uh week after next, um, the week of May 21st. That is that week. Okay, cool. We're going to go with that. Uh, and you can find me on Twitter at KBGregory13. And then you can also find me writing at multiversitycomics.com. Make sure to check it out. We'll be back in a couple of weeks with another episode. And until then, uh stay classy, San Diego question mark. Just kidding. <laughs> I don't know. Enjoy your funny Enjoy books. Enjoy your funny books. I like that better. All right, we're signing no, that's, off. That's Mike's. That's from Robots from Tomorrow. <laughs> oh fuck. We're stealing things from everyone. All right, we'll come up with a better tagline at the end. Uh, until then, bye bye, bitches. <laughs> no, that's not good either. Um, what's the, how do we uh, how do we end this? <laughs> Bad bitches. <laughs> bye, bitches. <I> love it. <laughs>